Welcome to Off the Glass of the Movies. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, Corey Waldron, Dalton Pence. What's up, guys? This is my first ever appearance on Off the Movies. And oh, off, the is... movies. off the Movies? Off the Glass <laughs> at the Movies. <laughs> well, we're off to the movies. Off the Glass at the Movies. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. First to many. Oh, for sure. I, I thought Nick, Nick and I talked about how amazing this would be when we got on the Captain Marvel podcast of OTG at the Movies. <laughs> or off to the movies whatever the correct title is but yeah i'm excited yeah honestly you you mentioned it dalton we talked captain marvel and we also talked endgame trailer some of those predictions came uh true some of them were completely off obviously we're talking endgame today avengers endgame this will be filled with spoilers so consider that your warning as we move on you can check us out itunes blog talk radio otg basketball.com and youtube but initial reaction after seeing endgame like how did you feel with that movie was it what you expected First off, I had it spoiled for me by LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I already was going in with a sense of what the hell was going to happen to a degree. Obviously, you don't know how things unfold. I tried um, my best when you messaged me that it got spoiled. I tried to be like, you know, it might be fake. I <laughs> saw that. I read that. I was like, Nick, don't play with me. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, overall, let me say that was one of the best Marvel movies I think I've ever seen for the fact that uh, you really felt serious loss from, like, all of these characters, which you don't normally have in a Marvel movie where every single character is just feeling tremendous loss, and you kind of, like, feel more connected with the characters. And the storyline was different. The, they always have humor thrown into these movies, which is fantastic. Um, this was a really extremely well-put-together movie. I was blown away. The three hours felt like an hour and a half. Oh, for sure. I thought it was an. Ex- I thought it was exceptional. It was everything that I was hoping for and then some. The plot development was terrific. I love the plot twist. The Valiant fight at the end was absolutely amazing. And, I, you know, Marvel has this kind of their own little niche of incorporating honest, appropriate humor and being able to do so in despite a somber circumstance kind of like this one. I just thought they kind of hit the nail on the head. It was an exceptional movie to me. Yeah, it was, honestly, all I can think about is the epic battle scene at the end. Like, you literally are getting all these Marvel characters from the last 10 years all in one scene. It was just, like, amazing. And you guys mentioned, I thought the movie was a little bit different than some of the other Marvel movies we've seen in terms of, like, plot line, the feelings you felt during the movie. There was, like, a lot of negativity at different points. You know, like, when Cap and Iron Man first came back together, that was real negative, more than you probably expected considering from the trailers and whatnot. So... Just a lot of different stuff that I think you didn't expect, some stuff you expect, and then all the ties from the previous movies over the last 10 years. Yeah, I think, like, the Paul Rudd scene sticks out to me. Like, when he comes back and it's five years later and he's just walking through the town, just kind of just, like, blown away by what he's witnessing. I think that was, like... Um, something that really set the tone of the entire movie, the, at well, least the first hour of it. Well, think about like how they started the movie. It was just straight savage. They start with Hawkeye, and he's with his family, and then all of a sudden he turns around, they're all dusted. Uh, yeah. I, think that's a, I think that's appropriate, though, because he wasn't really included a lot, if really touched upon just very briefly in Infinity War. So being able to kind of show where he's at during where this whole battle scene's going on, I think it was exceptional. Shout out to Ratatouille for hitting the button and bringing Ant-Man back <laughs> into the world. Uh, you know, one thing that I was confused about, or I kind of wanted more, I wanted more of a conflicting dialogue between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers at the beginning, because you hear when they get Tony back and 
Tony's just absolutely going to town on him, saying you weren't there and I don't trust you or anything. But, I mean, Steve could just come back right away and say, well, of course I was fighting. I mean, where were you when all this was going on? So I was kind of wanting more of a two-sided dialogue, but at at the end of the day, I thought they played it pretty well. Captain America felt like he really was the one on the wrong end of that, in in a sense, like with the whole Bucky thing, and he kind of left Iron Man, and then the Avengers were disassembled, and he kind of felt like some of that blame. And he knew Tony was also at that time super weak he just was in uh, in space for 22 days and whatnot so i feel like that's why he didn't go back at him yeah i agree it was one of those situations where i mean I, that was also like crazy to see how thin tony was in that entire rant before he passes out um yeah i and also captain america always has that kind of uh that optimism which they joke about later in the movie yeah it's, I, it's he a, owns matur- up to, he, he's a moral well. character yeah the maturity of it but like w- you know, one thing about the trailers is you see when they're all looking at Nick Fury's device and thinking, what, what even is this? And then uh, Natasha turns around and there's Captain Marvel. What, how, what do you think about her introduction and her meeting the Avengers for the first time? Because I felt I completely thought they undersold it. Like, I, I like the fact that she brought the ship in that contained Nebula and Tony Stark. But I, at the end of the day, like, I wanted that scene with the tracker that we don't even hear about in Endgame. And so it's not really like a... they didn't really seize the opportunity in my mind to bring her in more effectively. But I mean, I, I think it's kind of me wanting that tracker of Nick Fury's in the cast. I think they already have it. It's like a, one of those end of credit scenes. That's like a continuation of the movie so that they were not going to show that scene. And it already happened. Like it was a thing that happened and that wasn't the first time they met Captain Marvel. Like it was when the tracker thing happened and then she went in space and got Iron Man and came back. That, that That could definitely be it. But you see also how, uh, James Rhodes repeats what he does, like, where the hell have you been for the past or where, during all this? And then she gives the whole uh, humbling, well, there's a lot more planets to have that they, don't they, have you yeah. guys. Yeah, they don't have the Avengers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, was, in that situation, I think it was part of a trailer, so it's like separate scenes. So I think they just try to throw you off. And we know all about how Marvel doesn't include parts of the trailers in the movie itself, CC, Infinity War, when they have Hulk running into battle. Well, that and also, I don't remember seeing a scene where Black Widow is shooting the pistol at targets. Maybe I just like glanced over that, but I don't remember seeing that. Mm, that's a great point. I actually don't. I mean, it would be easy to forget that scene because you've seen it so many times in trailers. And I think some of the dialogue maybe during the trailer at certain points might have been different than what we saw in the movie. So, you know, obviously the Russo brothers are trying to throw us off as much as possible. Yeah. Um, the first scene, though, where Captain Marvel enters the room and they're all talking about going after Thanos, like pretty much right away. And uh, Thor, you know, grabs his hand. The scene that we saw from the trailer, but it in the grand scope of things. I like this um, one. <laughs> yeah, they, they moved that entire scene very quickly. Like, obviously you see it in the trailer. And when you see the trailer, you're thinking like, oh, maybe that, that's probably like the end of the movie, right? Or like, or some point in time. And they have it in like the first 10 minutes of the entire movie. Um, and that scene too, where they get to Thanos for the first time after everyone's died. That was... Uh, quickly one of my favorite scenes of the movie actually yeah it like wasn't predictable like it happened like you all of a sudden it's like all right we're gonna go kill thanos it's like all right well yeah well, and this <laughs> is where we hear the line whatever it takes like you know yeah, yeah. we're gonna but he's the only one who says it throughout the movie so it's like it's kind of interesting to think about but you know i i liked how quick it moved because it kind of re- reaffirms carol danvers swagger and overconfidence in herself so she's like, all right, well, I'm going to go get him. And they're like, hold on, hold on. Let, let us go with you. So they're like, oh, all right. And then, yeah. But like Thor. I, I was I about just, to say that Thor's got to be the next guy we talk about because Thor's entire movie changes at that scene. 
I just, I, you know, I, I like the fact that they portray Thor as this guy who's loathing and self pity when he has the gut and everything. But I just don't melted like ice it, cream. Right. <laughs> I don't feel like it does him justice though, because like if this is the last hurrah for the original Avengers, and we'll talk about Thor's role later on going forward, but I just don't feel like they really did him justice of what he's gone through these this whole MCU universe. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, keeping the fat on the entire movie. I thought like if you're gonna have that, whatever, have it. And then as soon as he gets back his old hammer, then all of a sudden like he's back to regular Thor or something. Like that kind of got old. But I think Thor's character is gonna carry along with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that was the whole point. He's gonna have a kind of like a redemption thing, I'm guessing. Um, but I agree. I I was okay with it at first. Like the entire house scene where also the Corgan Beak, the Hulk <laughs> being. The Hawk all the time now, and some like really preppy looking guy uh, was a nice little twist. I didn't see that coming, but that entire house scene was fun, especially when he yells at the uh, the, the guy on Fortnite. I'll rip your arms and shove him up your butt. Corgan Meeker, Corgan Meeker, instant comedy, especially Corg. I mean, just the voice just throws me. Obviously, like, oh, thanks, Thor. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's I've I've been practicing since Ragnarok, so we'll just go ahead and say that. But um. Kind of, how do you all feel about this? Is pre pre time travel? Ant Man's back, and they go visit Tony and, and his lake house, and he fights this moral battle of what he should do, and he finally gives in to his to the overall well being of the universe over his own self confidence and his self righteousness. So I thought that 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 shift really kind of maximized how bad things exactly were. So this scene at the cabin. Um, you know, post obviously talking to Captain America and, and um, Ant-Man and uh, Black Widow and saying, you know, this is it is going to work. Time travel doesn't work. It never works, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes inside and he has that scene with his daughter. And obviously because I had it spoiled for me, and I knew that he was going to die. When this scene was happening, I was like, oh, man, this is how they're, they're just milking everybody into this. Because, I mean, that was some, like, him as a dad was unexpected to me. Like, I kind of figured it might happen. But seeing him as a father, which is something they kind of, like, alluded to in every single episode with with pots and then it finally come to tuition that was uh it was really a heart grasping scene yeah i mean uh, they've kind of love you 3000 love you 3000 in an infinity war he's like i had a dream that we had a daughter named after uncle morgan or whatever and there it is and then i thought also like uh they said importance of that scene as well was when he looks at the picture of him and spider-man and then you see that and then he's like all right maybe i'll just mess around the time travel thing and i'll wait i kind of just figured it out yeah once again, the the grief in that first hour uh, is really heavy. You just feel for everybody because everybody is still trying to deal with it. Especially that um that once we actually forgot to even mention that that scene where he's in like a support group, Captain America, oh, yeah. Yeah. to start off the movie. That was I actually didn't hear a lot of what was being said because I had some dickheads behind me decided <laughs> it was okay to eat loud food and talk in the first five minutes of a movie. Of course, but um you know that that was a really powerful scene because it just shows that five years later this thing that Thanos did was just so heavy to everybody. I don't well, know how you all heroes. The world was too. Like, City Field completely empty. Like, there's no baseball going on. Like, everything is just completely changed and the world is, like, in a negative way. You know how drastic it is when people are actually missing the Mets. Like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. But uh, I don't know if you all caught the Easter egg, but I'm not sure if you all are aware of the Netflix series of all the Marvel, but Foggy Nelson, who's a part of uh, main character of Daredevil was yep. in that support group, so uh, that really caught me off guard. And it seems like I was the only one in the theater that realized it. So I right. was really—I did not see anything about that, but 
if you're saying it's true, then that's a that's a really it, big Easter egg. It doesn't really you you get a side glimpse when the guy's talking, and then it quickly goes back to Steve Rogers to where they you can tell that they want to show that he's there, but not put too much emphasis on him. I love this scene where Natasha and Hawkeye meet in the Tokyo alley when it's mm. pour, pouring down rain. Cliche. So, you know, I I really love that. The time travel, though, the buildup I thought was really antsy. I'll, I'm just like, hurry up, get in the portal. Let's go. Let's go back. Yeah, I mean, you just went through a lot of points right there. But, um, <laughs> sure but yeah, so, I mean, kind of getting back to just like the time travel in general, then finally figuring out and put together. It's funny. It's like if you really think about this movie, a lot of the plot line is decided by Iron Man, especially like the final fight. He saves himself for the world. And then he's the one that comes with time travel because obviously you see them messing with it. And then they have Ant-Man going from a baby to a grandpa to peeing himself. So it's kind of like all over the place. And then finally Iron Man pops along and then they get into the time travel. And then you have the taco scene. Yes. <laughs> that was the sweetest thing. From Hulk. What'd you guys think of professor Hulk? This is like one thing I really anticipated going to the movies. There was a lot of chatter about it and I wasn't that surprised, but I thought it was really cool. I, I, I mean, I, I like the idea. I, I like the way that they've fused them together. But when I think of the Avengers, like not having that barbarish Hulk to go around and start smashing things like we saw when they went back to 2012, like I, I wanted more of that Hulk but I understand what they're trying to do with Professor Hulk. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, a bittersweet thing for me because I miss the old Bruce Banner, but I do realize the internal fight that they're trying to relieve here. See, luckily I had no idea that Professor Hulk was even a possibility for this movie. So I'm glad I kind of avoided that. Um, what was your reaction when you saw him? <laughs> like, I kind of like expected a little bit, so I wasn't super surprised. But what did you like? I, do? <laughs> I was, I like, I literally looked. I went with one of my buddies. I literally looked. I was like, "Are you, are you serious?" I was just like, <laughs> I was shocked. He, he's all, he's taking photos with the kids. He was like, "Oh yeah, come on!" And then you know, uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. And also, like, <laughs> let me say, he's a really handsome Hulk, right? <laughs> he had a really nice, um, nice thing going, good style. Yeah. I was shocked. But, yeah, I agree with you, Dalton. Not having angry Hulk smash Hulk. Uh, it was funny, though, the one scene where Captain America's like, maybe go smash some things, and he's just like, ugh. I can't even do it. I think <laughs> it was more so like a complete character arc for Hulk or whatever his next step is in the Marvel Universe. Then also you don't need Mark Ruffalo to be the character anymore if you're just using CGI for Hulk. Yeah, oh, that's a good point, too. So I, I think that's like something to consider here. And I thought like it made Hulk a little bit more interesting where it's like, okay, now it could go any either way or they could end up having some type of breakup in the future. But I liked his character a lot. <clears throat> now getting to the actual time travel and obviously what did you think about the plot line about figuring out, all right, we can go get the Infinity Stones and then figuring out there's three in New York at the same time. I, I, thought, it, I thought it was genius. I, I think it was ultimately an underlying tribute to the Avengers and how they formed because you kind of get a glimpse of where they were in 2012 to see how they've grown so much now. So, I mean, I thought that they set it up pretty well. I like how they all split up and you see uh, Professor Hulk go visit the uh, Sorcerer Supreme and getting trying to get the Time Stone. And then you have Captain America fighting Captain America. And then you have the, you know, that whole cliche lines. I can do this all day. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so I thought they set it up well. I mean, I thought they developed it even better. So, yeah, I wasn't ex I wasn't expecting them to go through so many different things of time. Uh, I'm not sure. I thought they were going to go back in time, pretty much like right when Thanos gets all this. I don't know how I figured it was going to happen. I just didn't have it going out like it did. 
Um, but the New York scene, everything you mentioned, that was awesome. And then they still messed up time a little bit because Loki gets away. <laughs> Which, yeah, and I thought that was really interesting that Loki popped off in that scene because that's something they can kind of tie into. Uh, I think Loki has his own TV series coming out for Disney Plus yeah. or how they kind of tie him in other movies. I mean, I was really intrigued with that, that like whole going back. I think a lot of us thought there was going to be time travel, but actually yeah. getting all six stones was pretty surprising. And then I like the fact that New York was so tight and you brought up the Sorcerer Dawn. I thought that was important because she kind of explained time travel a little bit better, how they needed to bring the stones back later in the movie. Then also just like the whole thing with Doctor Strange. And if Doctor Strange is like trusting to save Iron Man, like, all right, then he knows what he's doing. This is going to be like all correlated in the end. It was also peak. Well, so one more thing. I just want to say it was peak Thor, like the scene where they're planning and peak Fats Thor gets up there and starts just crying about his lost loves and trying to like figure out how to cope. Like that was a that was like the last scene where he was okay in that form. I do have to bring attention to one thing that the Sorcerer Supreme says. He should, uh, you know, um, Professor Hulk comes and asks where Dr. Strange is. He said, well, you're about five years too early. He's performing surgery. I just want to know how you're performing surgery when New York City is literally getting attacked from outer space. Like, how do you continue to perform surgery at this time? Because I know you can't be that oblivious to what's going on. Well, no, he's a doctor. Somebody could be hurt and he's trying to save a life, Dalton. <laughs> You know, I didn't think of it like that. But you yeah, save, yeah, save Logic. You're a doctor. You can't just run away from the battle. You can't quit. This is, this is true. I, I feel kind of stupid. But I guess what I, what I was thinking was when I thought of surgery, I was just kind of thinking back to the beginning of Doctor Strange when he's performing like that laid back surgery. I don't know why it never registered in my head that he was helping victims, but I'll, I'll accept the L here and just move on. Well, I think regardless, at the end of the day, he's at the hospital. You know, is he doing a surgery, left a surgery, whatever it may be? I think that. But I like how she explained it and all the stones and everything. And like you mentioned, Corey, going back in the tie for Iron Man to see his dad, I thought was a Howard Stark was pretty cool tie. What you all think about how when Thor and Rocket went back to Asgard? Because I, like I said, the tribute to the original Avengers seems like this was a tribute to the Thor series as well. Because this, I believe this was in the setting of thor the dark world was when this yeah, was going yeah. on the yeah, second so, thor movie that no one cared about <laughs> right that was maybe the worst movie that mcu ever put out but still i mean you get the intimate relationship and moment with his mother and then you have the thing with jane but then you have the comic relief of rocket running through the halls getting chased so what'd you all think about that in terms of tributes i will say the jane cameo like natalie portman cameo was surprising because she actually was in this movie, and she hasn't been in the movie since, what? Sure. The, now, yeah, exactly. Um, this scene to me, like, this was probably, like, the, my least favorite part of the movie. The dialogue between Rocket and Thor was okay, but, like, I was just kind of over this this Thor by this time already. I was right. kind of ready for Thor to kind of get his ass back into, like, game mode. Um, but I understood it because he kind of needed to fill this. Yeah, I understood why they did it, and it kind of helped Thor understand what he's doing after or what he needs to do now in terms of being himself and not feeling that like grieving that he was in the beginning of the movie. So I understand it, but it could have probably went a little bit quicker. Yeah. The most emotional time travel scene, obviously on Vormir, when you have the realization that either Natasha or Hawkeye must sacrifice one of the one or the other to uh, obtain the Were you guys, to cut you off real quick, Dalton. Were you surprised it was those two going there? Like, cause I didn't expect it to be those two going there. Well, because you and I, or you, I, and Nick talked about it possibly being Captain America in the Captain Marvel podcast. So it kind of, it didn't really surprise me because both are two that constantly get overlooked when you think about the Avengers. Because when you think about the Avengers, you think, 
Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk. So you got these two and you get this intimate scene of how much like they've grown in the relationship. So uh, now I do for the record wish that Hawkeye would have jumped rather than Natasha, but can't get everything you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when they both went off for for that stone, you immediately know what's going to happen. Like, you know that one of them is going to have to choose. At least I came to the realization. Uh, and I kind of had a feeling it was going to be Black Widow, but that is, again, like that scene, um, you know, the, the constant, the battle to kill yourself is what they basically had for yeah. a quick 30 seconds, which is so, so morbid. Yeah, and I think the fact is, like, they were fighting, and you really, at one point, didn't know which one was going to win the fight and kind of yeah. fall down. And then when it comes to the point, oh, then they save the other one. Like, it was kind of all over the place. At first, I thought it was going to be Rhodey and Nebula going there, like, when they all split up in their teams. See, yeah, I thought so, but you can't because I think you have to sacrifice somebody you love for the Soul exactly. Stone. yeah. So then all I was right. like, all right, then that's not going to work. But then I thought this, actually, the next travel with Nebula and Rhodey, I thought was really important, obviously, because that's when Nebula gets swapped with the other Nebula. Yeah, yeah this is when Thanos realizes that he his that he completes his destiny. Right. Yeah. What do you guys like about that? Like, did you think that was cool, bad, what? Well, you have to somehow devise a way that Thanos maybe finds out, but ultimately the goal is to bring him back to set up this big last stand fight. So I think they did it brilliantly because – I mean, you kind of see the relationship between Thanos and his daughters and how it was before that. You get a glimpse of how Nebula, how Nebula has changed throughout the years. So I liked it. I thought it was pretty brilliant. You also realize how Thor, how, how Thor, how strong Thanos is without the glove. Oh, for yeah. sure. Before he had any stones, he was still he was still lethal with those hands. Like you don't want to get caught with him in a close quarters fight. Yeah, he's um, still one of the most powerful like beings in all the universe without the stones. So it's like yeah. just thinking about him with the stones, and then you kind of even think about it more because his body isn't as impacted than some of the other Avengers, which we'll talk about in a bit. Exactly, and then the Nebula thing. I think this is this was the best way to tie it in. You know, it makes sense. They're in the same timeline. They have some sort of advanced technology in their heads. Um, so I I love the tie-in because it was very simple. Uh, and then, of course, you needed to get Thanos back in the mix because, obviously, when he sees someone's trying to mess with his destiny, uh, he's got to get involved. Yeah, I like that aspect, and I think it wasn't as predictable as you'd think, you know, especially with Nebula because you're kind of starting to really like her character, and then all of a sudden they swap her out for the other one, and it's just enough time where it doesn't really matter that she doesn't have to really interact. And she has the memories, too, so it's like she's really, like, the perfect undercover person. Yeah. What do you all th – I know we, we didn't really talk about it when we talked about the uh... – the time travel back to New York, but Tony and Steve going back to 1970 to the camp. How'd you all feel about Tony playing a false persona and interacting with his soon to be father? Another character that kind of gets to complete his character arc. And like, obviously there was the dad be issues with his character. So now he kind of meets him. Everything is kind of full uh, spectrum. And then he also understands that like, he's a little bit of his dad. And they have that one line, in the elevator where he goes, I, I never rest. My wife says I never rest or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, at the end, that's when Pot says, you know, you can rest now. Uh, so that was that that was like Nick said, that was completing his story arc. Uh, and, you know, he hugs him, too. Yeah. That's <laughs> like a uh, random guy I met for the first time 30 minutes ago is hugging me. And then Jar he's like, Jarvis, Jarvis, have we met this guy? Yeah. So I thought that was cool, too. And then obviously going back for the time travel stuff allowed them to do what they did. And then, of course, Captain America seeing the love of his life. Uh, that, and and that, that sets up his decision later on to ultimately live. So live through the times that he goes back to. 
Now, were you guys surprised they were able to make their own gauntlet so fast? Like, after they get all the stones, they go back. It's like Iron Man pops it together, and then all of a sudden they're good to go. I kind of – I do want – I wish they would have kind of put more attention into not necessarily putting the stones in the gauntlet itself, but how they have the gauntlet. But isn't the gauntlet from Asgard, if I'm not yeah, mistaken? Yeah, so they created their own. They didn't, they didn't have one. They created Okay. Yeah, I, I mean – I guess that kind of gets overlooked because you're not focused on the creation of the gauntlet. You're focused on the reverse snap. So, I mean, it gets overlooked. I don't really have too big of a problem with them not putting too much attention into it. But, I mean, it couldn't have hurt if they would have. Yeah, for me, it was one of those, like, keep it moving. Like, I was ready to, for, like, the plot line to move. You're um, ready for the snap. Yeah, like, exactly. Just ready for what was next. Um, but I love that scene, too. Of you know, Maybe we're moving a little bit too far. But like, all those guys in that scene – kind of trying to figure out who wants to put the gauntlet on or who should put the gauntlet on. And obviously, like, Fat Thor is like, yo, it should be me. He's like, no, Fatty, get back in the corner. You know what? You're you're a disgrace. He might wish the wrong thing or, like, do something crazy. Yeah. I thought it would have been interesting to have a little bit of an idea of what they were doing with it. I mean, they did it in the comics and make it. So I was surprised, which we'll get to later, but it really messed Hulk up when he did this reverse snap. Oh, it did. I love the kind of the low-key confidence that Banner had going into it. He was like, it's ultimately made of gamma. And I'm like, oh, all right, well. They vaguely referenced that in, like, the first first or second Avengers movie. Right, you know, 22 films in. I I, I lose track of some things that said. But looking at to the reverse snap and then the phone call, do you like how they placed the phone call for Hawkeye with how his wife calls? Yeah, because I think everybody, you know, they're they're all sitting there. Did it work? How do we know if it worked? And uh, Ant Man walks over to the the window, and obviously there's a ton of birds all of a sudden. And then he gets the phone call, and you get that one moment of relief, uh, like ah, yes, everything's packed normal. And then they just completely <laughs> blow up the entire joint. Yo, that's so crazy. Like they straight up gave them like a minute, and then he just lit up Avengers headquarters. I was waiting for that, like for the whole the whole snap. I I kept thinking that. Thanos was going to disrupt Professor Hulk from snapping his finger, but you get the snap, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, there's your every dog has its day. Now let's go. I think you get really hyped when uh, Iron Man, I think, like enter barn mode or something, so the building's yeah. completely, like shut down because then you're like, all right, they're going to get the snap off regardless if Thanos pops up or not. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, all right, well, they're going to definitely get the snap off. And then you're sitting there, and you get, like you said, you get that like 25 seconds of relief before – uh, utter chaos rains down. And also, I want to say, um, Banner took that like a champ, though. Oh, he like, did. That, that was an incredible um, display of handling the snap. We saw what Thanos' arm looked like afterwards. Yeah, I mean, his didn't look much better, probably worse. So I was like, damn. And, and then, then uh, I thought they could have killed somebody with the blast. Like, obviously, it would have been a bad way to die. But for a lesser character, like, they could have killed Hawkeye with, like, the blast. Well, I don't, I don't know if you would have killed Hawkeye, but like Ant Man definitely could have died in that scene because yeah, like yeah. he got hit by a missile, it looked like at the bottom of his feet. But I like, I like Ant Man's role and absolutely going to gargantuan level to save Rocket and Professor Hulk and yeah. James Rhodes and all that. But you, it sets up where the other characters for fighting for survival. It's Cap, Iron Man, and Thor walking out to Thanos just calmly sitting there. So it was. I, I just thought they set that up perfectly, and you got the three guys throwing out like badasses to a dude who's just absolutely not caring. Well, I think even before. No, sorry, Nick, not to cut you off. Even before that, when 
when Thanos just gets like gets on the ground and he first takes off his helmet, puts it on top of his sword, and just sits there and tells Nebula to go get his go get the stones. And he's got that calm demeanor, like they're gonna come to me and I'm gonna like finish this. Yeah. Right. Seriously, it was like and he just had like the straight vibes. And it was like it's weird because you're seeing Thanos before the snap, but he still has like all the confidence, like he has a gauntlet because like all right, he saw destiny and he thinks that's what's gonna happen. It's inevitable, which he says later on. And then I think like you get all you want in the last Avenger movies, if this is going to be the last hurrah, you see Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor all walk out to fight him and give you, like, a good 10 minutes of straight battle. And then the whole thing with Captain America. That's the one thing this movie lacked. And maybe I'm nitpicking. There was no angry Thor battle. I'm not no, – I keep yeah, saying Thor. No, I understand. There was no, like, pure – like, you wanted to see, like, God Thor that just, like, meshed Yeah. Up and, like, right. he, was, he was a rather weak character. Even in the battle against Thanos, like, compared to how he was in Infinity Wars, he was still, like, pathetic, pathetic in this matchup. Oh, for sure. And they, they really built him up to be this re- – he, he reaches, like, almost peak Thor in the end of Thor Ragnarok when he's fighting Hela. And then he get the uh, – the should aim for the head, but before that, when he shows up in Infinity War in Wakanda and just throws Stormbreaker around and takes out the whole population and just with the lightning. But Captain America, though, being able to pick up Molnir, I mean, he could barely move it in Ultron, or so we thought. But him, it coming to him, what were your thoughts when you see that the hammer lands in his hands? I think this was maybe the most hype scene of the entire movie. Like you're sitting there and Thor's about in a. Thanos is taking his axe and putting it through his chest like he did to him in uh, Infinity War. So then all of a sudden you see the hammer move and then all of a sudden nowhere Captain America comes through and everybody's just like straight hype seeing him pick it up and wield it like a boss. Like it sounded like he didn't know what to do. He was like striking lightning. Oh, he knew. And I, I don't know what your all's theater looked like, but my theater, there were people literally giving him a standing ovation when he's hitting, <laughs> he's hitting the shield like back and forth like he's taking batting practice and hitting Thanos over and over and over. That was the most hype scene of the entire movie. I would say I would say it's the most second for me because we'll talk about it here in just a second when they all when all the time vortexes show up. True. You see T'Challa and his sisters come out, but that three man scene with the three Avengers and Thanos I thought was big. And then when Thanos ultimately overpowers Captain America, he unleashes this army and Captain's like, Well, looks like I'm going down dying. So it looks like Battle of the Bastards when Jon Snow is by himself, and then all of a sudden the armies <laughs> come behind him. Yeah, it does. You know, like he's like, all right, whatever. I'm about to go out, and I think it was easy to see Cap die in that scenario. Like a lot of people anticipated Cap dying in this movie, and right there, you're like, all right, well, this kind of makes sense. His shield is down to nothing. He's about to fucking Thanos. He doesn't have shit. He doesn't have the hammer anymore, and somehow everybody pops up. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I thought was going to happen. It's like, all right, well, we're going to have the, the the Captain America death, and everyone's going to show up. And I was like, and then somehow we'll get to the end of this, where somehow Iron Man dies because I had the goddamn spoiler. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that that's what he, I think threw people off because I expected Cap to die like this entire movie. That was the rumor that I didn't see. About. So like the fact he didn't die, we'll just talk about the ending in a little bit. But there was multiple moments where I thought, all right, he's dead right here in this fight. Especially when like you see. Thanos just absolutely clobbering him until he finally like hits him across the yard or the plane or whatever they're on. And then he summons all of his army. And then you hear Sam Wilson, Falcon, Cap, you there. And then all of a sudden all these time vortexes show up. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, there's tears getting ready to, if I blink, I'm crying. It's one of those things where I see T'Challa and he's, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. This is it. 
Yeah, it's yeah that, that was the best part. I mean, like, that was also a really amazing part to see, like, Doctor Strange. You knew he was going to have some type of big impact in the movie. It wasn't as big as I think some people anticipated. But then all of a sudden to have all the Avengers and all the characters from different portions of these movies pop up, it's like, all right. And I, I mean, actually, talking about Doctor Strange, when him and Iron Man meet up for the first time, and Iron Man goes, is this one of the $14 million ways? Like, is this is this the one? And he goes, if I tell you, it won't happen. And that, like, like that because looting. it was, yeah, it was the looting that if, if I tell you that you have to kill yourself, you, you're not going to kill yourself unless it's in the moment and you don't have a chance to think about it. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get to that in a sec. What did you guys think about the, the plot of like the gauntlet going around to different Marvel characters? Fantastic. You know, yeah. That was like a I, good I way to include everybody. I, I, it was amazing. You, you see, uh, Hawkeye running, and then you got T'Challa taking it, and then Spider-Man, and he gets thrown up on Valkyrie, and yeah, Pepper Potts. I just thought that they really tied everything together. I, I understand that the main focus is on the core Avengers, but bringing the other cast back in and being able to portray them and in, incorporate them in this kind of cohesive way, I thought it was absolutely amazing. And the, everybody kind of had their part in a little bit of shine. Yeah, and the the black not the black widow the scarlet scarlet witch her oh, little so battle badass. scene with thanos was fantastic i mean the you took everything from me i don't even know you um like that that you was will. a badass scene and i honestly think if they had like a little bit more of a one-on-one -on -one showdown i might have took scarlet witch in that battle she was whooping his ass oh no yeah. it, it was it was completely going to be a win a w in the win column for he goes yeah he goes send it he's like send it he's like our troops are down there he's like send it i don't know i don't know about you all but i thought it was so badass when he was like i don't i don't even know you and she's like you will yeah, yeah it, that, that was that, something that's, absolutely that's, amazing uh one of probably the best three lines in the movie uh that entire dialogue right there peter parker reuniting with tony stark though getting the hug first time i got teary-eyed Oh, it, no. was, it was something no, else. It was absolutely unreal. Sorry, second time I got teary-eyed when Black Widow died. That was yeah, I mean, you saw everybody reunite and all the different connections, the characters who lost their, you know, side piece or sidekick, whatever it may be, or just partner in crime. And then all of a sudden I thought, uh, you know, obviously uh, Captain Marvel is bringing the gauntlet to the van and then the van <sighs> messed up. And then she gets to fight Thanos, which I thought was a really fun scene. Honestly, her coming back into everything was probably one of the most hype moments because you she's kind of just like out there waiting. You see everybody come back and she's still not there yet. And she takes out the ship and then like you she said, she gets the shit out of that ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing left. And then she obviously takes the gauntlet and that run that she made was really fun, of course, right when she gets to the van, you get the explosion. Like you said, the battle with Thanos between her. She was whooping his ass too for a little bit. Well, you you knew you knew once the once the ship's guns start firing into the atmosphere, you knew what was coming at this point because there's only one person missing. Now, although I thought that Captain Marvel was going to play a bigger role, respectively, in this film, I thought they put her in it right at the exact time. The f but this has got a lot of heat, or not really heat, but kind of recognition was kind of the underlying point to feminism because when she when they're trying to get her to go to the van they're like well how are you gonna get through all those people and then you have the scarlet witch valkyrie okoye shuri and the wasp and pepper pops like oh we're gonna help her and then they just kick ass for like a solid two minutes yeah it was a really important part of the movie having all those all the women in the marvel universe stand by side by side and make their own little run that was uh that was one of the better scenes of that final fight it'll set up for future relationships in other movies which i'm sure that we'll see 
But getting back to Captain Marvel's fight with Thanos, I love the fact when like he headbutted her and she just <laughs> it didn't even move. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I yeah he had that look on his face too. Like, oh shit. I thought it was really clever when she, they were still fighting. He was about to do the snap. She came over, put her hand in there so he couldn't do it. And it looked like she was about to overpower him, pulling out the Infinity Stone, the Power Stone, and then just smacking her out. I'm surprised that there wasn't, like, an effect, like, to do that. He just, like, pulled it out with no effort and hit her and then put it back in. And it didn't even seem like there was an effect of, like, it shocking him or anything. Like, yeah. I just figured you, you put an Infinity – you take an Infinity, Infinity Stone now. It's not like a marble. It's I mean, it's – one of the most powerful things in the universe. Bro, it's that Titan adrenaline. <laughs> he's got that Titan level adrenaline. He's He was firing all cylinders like he was on uh, an eight ball of Coke, probably, or whatever. He was on some high ever, high energy drugs. <laughs> and you have to remember, he has the gauntlet, so he has the power at the time he pulls it out. And then yeah, that's true. he does added, he has five other stones in his other hand. I mean, he was, I gotta be honest, for a villain, too, that was one, that's a badass moment for a villain, because he was really getting every single of the top Avengers thrown at him in that last, like, 10 seconds. He was, he was still holding his own. Like, that was incredible. Like, his strength is ridiculous. Top level oh, it's fighter unreal. with the hands. He was Muhammad Ali, uh, <laughs> watching Muhammad Ali footage. Of Super Saiyan God level. But yeah. then, then you have uh, Thor and Captain America try to prevent it from happening, and he finally bodies him off, and then it comes to the scene that everybody was, like, expecting to happen you know tony stark gets the infinity gauntlet the thing he does though is he grabs the stones out i they don't really explain if he grabs them you almost think because it's iron man tech on thanos's arm that like it kind of just came to him because he told her what to do yeah. yeah well you have that scene beforehand where iron man grabs his arm and he looks over at dr strange and dr strange holds up the one yeah. and, iron yeah. man, and iron man has that realization that i gotta take these stones off of this gauntlet and that's exactly what happens it was so badass when he snaps the finger, it's like, psych, and then he looks over and it's like, yeah, well, I'm Iron Man. And he just drops into the hand and he snaps, and you just see all these, uh, all of the Titans just disintegrate. But do you think that it was justified for him to get disintegrated as well? Do you like that that was his death? Yeah, I do. I really like it. I thought it was, like, the perfect way to end the story, that, like, the the snap and the dusting of everything was just, like, everything everybody talked about even like non-marvel fans there was like memes of it the fact that they ended the movie with a snap going the other way and watching thanos dust away i thought that was perfect i would have liked to seen you know iron man like wield the infinity gauntlet for a bit and like smack the shit out of him but you know i thought that snap and the dusting was had more value yeah i mean the snap in general you know the the moment where he holds where a minute he holds his hand up and we see uh the infinity stones coursing through his veins and he has the i am iron man and then right. just the fucking snap that was yeah uh, top five badass moment when you saw the snap did you think that he died right away after he did it or did you think he was going to be alive i, I knew he was going to be well sad. you knew because you saw so i, I didn't know i i just i honestly didn't know part of me thought okay well this would be the most badass way to die after saving the universe after being the self-proclaimed prick for your whole existence and then other part of me thought, well, does he play this cameo role for Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man's movie's coming up. And then once he, once Pepper started going over there and talking about, you can finally rest. I'm like, gosh, damn it, here it comes. Yeah, I thought for, I mean, we talked about it on the Captain Marvel one like that. He would put the gauntlet on and then maybe he would lose his arm or like something like that and then push him into a cameo role. And then you were, had him laying there and then it looked like, after you saw his face, I think you're like, all right, this dude's dead. Like he just got half his body literally cooked. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, good point, Nick. Uh, I already knew he was gonna die, so yeah, I didn't <laughs> think he was gonna make it. <laughs> um, I just, I, I thought that, I thought that literally the fight scene was. I thought it just tied everything together. Like they've been working so diligently since 2008, and I just thought that this was the right grand hurrah. Like they didn't underdo it, they didn't overdo it. I thought it was just right. Yeah, definitely. And then and obviously. And like you were, I mean, like some people, you kind of anticipate Iron Man dying eventually at some point, but I yeah. think it was still kind of a surprise that he died and it was a way to end the movie after such like an epic scene. It's like they give you all this greatness and then all of a sudden they end you with like major sadness. Of course. And they also give you like a glimmer of hope because he, I mean, he walks a little bit. Like he does get up after doing it originally and then he falls over uh, eventually where he ends up dying. And then uh, Pepper like scans him and it says body condition critical. So it's like, oh, well, could he actually survive? Like, and then of course, you know, of course, like, I wish I didn't know this scene happened because I would have been probably crying my eyes out, which would have been completely okay. Cause like when Peter Parker's like, you're going to be okay, Mr. Stark, Mrs. Stark, we won. Like, we won. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, this is, this is happening. And then the uh, finally you can rest and see Thor, Captain America in the background crying. Um, it was funny because the movie is so loud. During the fights, at least my theater was really loud. Everybody was cheering a lot and everything else. And the minute after the snap happened, you see Tony. Uh, you could have dropped a pin in that theater, and you would have heard it. It got extremely, extremely quiet. How do you all feel about his uh, the little funeral tribute that they gave him in the lake? Before we move on to there, how do you guys feel about him being dead? Did you want him to die, or do you think it was good to kill him, or do you think they should have left him? Well, and like, as, continued in like the cameo role, like we mentioned. Asking if I wanted Iron Man to die is like asking if I want Houston to lose this series. So uh, <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't think that I wanted him to die. But do I understand why he had to die? Yes. I mean, he's my favorite uh, Marvel character. Iron Man's always been my favorite. So like, I don't. I would. I would have liked him to survive. I do understand it. Um, and also, we know how actors are. They eventually want to move on from roles, and it's hard to kind of replace the guy like Iron Man, uh, especially with how Robert Downey Jr. has played this character over the last 10 years. Um, but uh, I would have liked to have him live, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I really definitely wanted the cameo role. Like, I wanted him to survive in, like, either the fact that, like, he loses his arm, he's no longer Iron Man, or, like, you keep him al alive, and, like, maybe he's, like, they have to freeze him or something just to, like, give you some hope or something. But I understand, like you guys mentioned, they killed him, and at least he died in a significant way where it was, like, saving the world, and he did, like, the whole sacrifice superhero thing, which, you know, Captain America said he wouldn't be the type to do in the first Avengers. Good point as well. So, I'm really, I mean, like, it, it sucks, but it's also good at the same time because now I'm going to move on and focus on other characters. But back to Dalton's point about the whole funeral scene and then obviously, like, the little uh, hologram of himself. I, I love I love how they they zoom in on everyone's face and you kind of get to go. I, I love the proof that Tony Stark has a heart. I love how that's floating in the water because all throughout the MCU when Tony Stark's appeared, it's always his self-interests are of the utmost importance and they're the main priority. And then it kind of shows you that, hey, Tony wasn't what you thought he was or not necessarily what you thought he was, but that he could do something for the greater good and put self-interest second. Yeah, I mean, the hologram scene was uh, extremely heavy. Uh, and, of course, you hear you hear a part of the, the hologram speech in the trailer, which I thought was a really good, really good tie-in because you don't obviously realize where this audio is coming from in the trailer and it ends up being from the final scene 
uh, or the final words of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. And then, of course, he ends it with the the Love You 3000, which was probably the final dagger in my broken heart. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, it was. It was definitely like it was it almost like continued the sadness because you knew you were confirmed that he was dead at that time where maybe you had a slimmer of hope like, oh, he could still be alive. And then having everybody kind of lined up like uh, at the funeral. And then I thought it was cool that they did, you know, this is proof Iron Man has a heart, which was a gift from Pepper earlier in the Iron Man movies. Yeah. Um, and then all, you know, all of those guys being there too. And then they, I love the, having all these groups of people in like certain circles, like they, they threw, they kind of show you what we're going to do next. Do you know you who have, the random major was that was standing by himself? I did not. Guy from with the random general? No, there's no. a teenager like standing by himself. I was wondering, I, I never oh. could piece it together. He's from yeah. one of the Iron Man movies. He's the kid where he ends up in the snow and he's at that random town. Really? That's him. Oh my! I did not put, yeah, put I that didn't together. Know that. My head, I saw it on like a thing, so I can't take Damn. credit. Damn! I, I didn't see that either. You, so. Corey, Corey, you talked about the the focus going forward. Pepper Potts was in that fight. Do you think she has a role going forward? Probably has a cameo. I I don't know if she gets like her own spinoff movies. I just don't know if, the, if it would be strong enough. Um, but I would definitely. Expect fact cameos yeah Who knows I, what cameos. I don't think she'll get a movie i think that she's like not that super interested in doing one there's i think if you're looking for like a iron man movie it would be like 10 years from now it was like his daughter or something yeah they, i that's a good possibility and i like especially the way they set her up wearing the iron man mask the first time you see her yeah and then you know her um i can't think of his name the bodyguard is like yeah, the, cheeseburg oh, the cheeseburger scene is like cheeseburger it's funny because like on twitter people kept tweeting these things they were like low-key spoiler or they were like spoilers yeah. with no context and i kept seeing tacos and cheeseburgers <laughs> and so like when the, yeah so when the taco scene happened i was like okay that makes sense and then the cheeseburger happened i was like oh god that is just that's shitty it was always like a mcdonald's cheeseburger too on the uh twitter pictures yeah it was definitely funny how they did all those on twitter what else did you guys think about the way it ended what do you think about the whole captain america thing dropping off the stones then coming back in time and being his old self i think oftentimes we get lost in the efforts of captain america trying to save the world that we don't realize that like he still had he's still human too like despite all the tests done on him and him being frozen in ice like he still like has a broken heart because he was truly in love before they put him under so giving him this closure i think i wouldn't say killing him off would be lazy because it wouldn't have been especially if he would have died in battle but allowing this to be the end of steve rogers mcu career but to, to allow him to go back and live through the life that he always wanted but never got the chance to live i, I thought it was i thought it was spectacular yeah i mean and you know they're setting up and they ask him if he knows what he's doing and he, he goes yeah and then he has that goodbye to Bucky. And so when he's saying goodbye to Bucky, you know, you remember the scene where he sees, obviously, his, his love. What's her name? Um, Mark? Mar Peggy. Peggy, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees right. Peggy, and, he's, and he doesn't say anything. She walks away. I knew that he was going to probably stay back in time. And that entire scene with Bucky, he's like, you're going to be okay and everything. It's just like, where are you going, Cap? Yeah, it definitely was. I thought it was a, a good way to end it, too, because everybody assumed, like, oh, Cap's going to die, but instead they just kind of ended his character in, like, a graceful way. And they did it in a great way for the fact where he's still, like, not dead. He still was there. He still had – he brought back a shield from in time. And then he passes the shield on, which is awesome because now Sam is going to be, quote-unquote, Captain America. 
I, I, I assume he's going to carry on that title. I think it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to have I, – I, I would assume with how it ended that there's going to be an in, individual movie for Sam Wilson. But does he content, Does he spin it with a little bit of a falcon twist because of how – I know you saw how he stuck his, like, dagger wings in that big beast chest and just, like, straight gutted him. So I wonder if he's just going to take, like, the Captain America role with how he fights and translate it to, like, the air and being able to fly. I he's just going to carry the shield the same way that he is now. Like, he's going to do the same things that he does except just have the shield. Yeah. Is so he, it, he's is a complete he package now. Yeah. Is he going to be that pro- – do you think he'll ever reach that prominence that Steve Rogers feels? Because I feel like he's almost at a disadvantage because, like, to be able to live up to this Captain America hype. Because when you think of Captain America, you'll always think of Steve Rogers. Yeah, I think he'll be part of, like, whatever they do moving forward in the Marvel movies. Well, but I don't think he'll be, like, the lead Avenger at any point, no. Well, when they turn around after they send off, you know, prove that Tony Stark had a heart, you see all the groups of people standing together, and Sam, Bucky, and I think Scarlet Witch are standing together. So, like, I in my mind, I'm picturing every single group that was standing together. The Guardians of the Galaxy are all together at the end with Thor, which we'll talk about more. But, like, all those single groups, I could see having maybe their own spinoff movie or the new or spinoff TV show since we know that Disney new app is coming out. They plan on throwing out a lot of Marvel content. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think that you could kind of push it and then he'll have, you know, some type of role in the Marvel films going forward. We just don't know what. Because we haven't had a lot of Bucky, but, like, Bucky is probably, like, a nice background character which people would want more of. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that kind of got to me because Bucky's the real – the actor in real life denied that he was in Endgame at all. So I was kind of bummed for the longest. And then when you see Buck, you're like, well, shit, he lied. Yeah, I mean, they I, they definitely all lied about it because they asked T'Challa, like, if he's alive. And he's I'm dead. Like, no, I'm dead, yeah. So were you guys surprised Bucky didn't get the shield because there was a lot of chatter about that possibly happening? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I thought that it would have been a little bit more special had he given it to Bucky, but given it to Sam because you see how honored Sam was as well. So, I mean, I think that we we could talk about how good of a relationship or how strong of a relationship that Bucky and Captain America have, but we also have to give due to the fact that Sam and Steve Rogers have built up a relationship as well throughout the years. I also think partly it's because of um, wanting to kind of like change the image of Captain America. Uh, you know, Captain America has always been a white guy. So now you have a black man and Sam being Captain America. They have always been pushing the women forward as well. It's also, I think, just Marvel trying to get more with the times. And this was a nice, right, universe. exactly. This was a way for them to kind of do that. Yeah, and Sam does become, you know, Captain America at points during the comics. So it's not like it's a crazy thought. So, yeah, uh, well, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the rest of the movies and how they connect them. What do you guys think is the timeline for us to see the next group Marvel movie where it's like based on a group? How long till we wait till we see that? I think we're going to see introductions to new characters before we see that because the Spider-Man movies confirmed for July. Uh, there's the third guardians, the second Dr. Strange, the second black Panther. We'll talk about Wakanda here in a minute. Cause that looked completely badass when they showed that. But I think that there's going to be maybe incorporation of one or two new characters that'll play a big role in a group film. I just don't think that they're ready just yet. I don't, I don't think that there's a timeline. I'd say maybe a couple of years, just depending on what their mindset and schedule is looking forward. But I don't think that there's really a definitive say, okay, we're aiming for this right here. I think it's just kind of going with the flow and seeing where things go. I would say probably within the next two years, though. I think the hype right now is extremely high for the like the demand for movies like this are extremely high. 
Um, so I would, I would even say maybe in the end of next year. Mm, I, I, I think they'll take a little bit longer. I think they want to finish phase four, like a lot of the movies that Dalton mentioned, but I think they'll announce a release of a, a group movie. So it kind of builds up the anticipation where you have oh, like, my fault. I, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. No, if it's a group movie, probably another three years. Yeah. yeah. Because like they'll do what they did with all these Marvel movies. And the best thing they did is they were patient and they built them all up where it's like, all right, here's a little piece, how these characters are going to connect or what they could possibly face in the future. Or here's this connection to an underlying villain that's going to pop up later down the line. And then all of a sudden, Hey, now we have to assemble again. And now we're, they'll probably title it like new Avengers or something. The only way I can see them speeding it up is maybe they do more Disney originals, mm-hmm. like kind of speeding up the process. Um, cause that could be a great way for them to sell that app. If they're releasing all of these movies strictly there. Well, the yeah. thing about it is, are they, because you, there's the thought of them incorporating the X-Men into this. What, what, what role is their, what role do they play? Because dark Phoenix is coming out as well. Well, they're going to recast the X-Men, I believe. So they're not going to use anything that's connected with the dark Phoenix stuff. It's going to be a whole new set of X-Men. So that right. would probably take some time in terms that's- of like casting and planning out. But I thought an easy way for them to introduce the X-Men or Fantastic Four would just use a timeline excuse that something they did during that timeline made, you know, a big change. Steve Rogers becomes the old, old human torch again. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be unreal. But I think it would be easier for them to incorporate a group Marvel film if they put Thor as a member of the Guardians, which looks like that could be a thing. Yeah, I I would... If I had a guess, I would put it at higher than fifty percent that we'll see Thor in the next Guardian movie. Because I mean, Chris Hemsworth has pretty much has already come out and said that he's on the, for the record wants to come back, like he's willing to come play Thor again. One of the funniest scenes in the entire movie uh, is, in fact, when they're on that ship, and he's like, "We all know the captain is here." He's like, <laughs> he's, "We all know." Of course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I just, I the. I think they set up that dialogue well in the first one, and they, they kind of distinguished it in the second one. I think that they're really – a transition for Thor into the Guardians wouldn't necessarily be that hectic. I think that they could pretty much get a, a smooth, cohesive transition into it. It's going to be funny. A lot of comedy in the next Guardians of the Galaxy, without a doubt. And the it, Guardians are always comedic as well, too. Exactly. Last Thor movie, all the Guardian movies, they kind of have a humor feel to them. So I think that was a, a good ad right there. Anything else you guys want to touch on? Uh, I, I have a prediction for the next big villain, which was will tie in uh, like Fantastic Four. Galactus. I guess he, Doom. I think Doom's um, going to be the next villain. I heard Silver Surfer could be as well. Yeah, I mean, it could be pretty much a lot of these characters are all connected. So Galactus came in, Silver Surfer would come in. Doctor Doom is a really good villain as well. I think he's someone that you could really hate too. And I know in the comic books, I was reading that book you had, Nick, <laughs> at your place. And Doctor Doom is actually the the big first villain that the new Avengers face, which has Spider-Man. I think it even has Wolverine in it. So, wow. yeah, definitely. There's a lot of avenues and depending on what they do. Anything else, fellas? I think that's Just- it. Just a couple ending thoughts on my part. I, I'm really interested to see what Doctor Strange's role is going forward because I think that they really, really distinguished his character and his role going forward because he ultimately kind of saved the whole MCU in terms of with the time stone and the whole one, um, the one outcome that could have turned out to be successful. I saw that Wakanda turned into like New York City on steroids especially when they look at it in Iron Man's little lasting outro. But the other thing that I really appreciated was the fact that they built up Thanos very slowly through in credits 
throughout the MCU, and then finally you see him throughout. So I just really love how they incorporated Thanos and built him up as this big bad villain and delivered on kind of the things that they had been discussing. Definitely. 100%. Obviously, obviously it all tied together. End of an era. Really great movie. Really enjoyed it. I'm sure we're probably all going to go see it again, maybe in theaters, maybe on DVD, whatever it is. But And as always, check us out. iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTG Basketball.com, and YouTube. Part of the journey is the end.